We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast live stream. Guys, we have a Colts round table for you. We have five Colts content creators in here with us today. We have Landon Oliver, co-host and analyst for the Blue Stable. Jason Spears, host and producer of Culture Uncut. Drake Wally, the analyst and writer and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. We also have Zach Boyd and Stephen Burton, co-hosts of the No Horsing Around podcast. Gentlemen, how are you all doing? Don't everybody talk all at once. <laughs> doing a little better after the press conference, but uh, better than I was after the Saturday press conference. So everybody, Everybody feel the same way? Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was good. I'm sure we'll get into it here in a minute. But yeah, every, everything's going good this way. And uh, glad to be hopping on here with you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all again so very much uh, for uh, hopping in here with us. Uh, first time we're having a roundtable. So everyone in chat, be sure to like the stream. Be sure to comment in the chat. Be sure to subscribe so all these guys can see it. Make sure to subscribe to all their channels. Check out all their Twitters. We'll make sure to put them in the description of this live stream as well. But guys, I think we definitely need to start with our thoughts on the 2022 season before we get into a bunch of other things. Uh, Obviously, 2022 was not a good year for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'm sure that we have a bunch of differing opinions on a few different things in here, but Jason, we'll start with you. Uh, your quick thoughts on this Colts 2022 season. Um, <laughs> well, jumping into the season, I, I was really excited. Uh, I thought they could win the division, and uh, I, I was really looking forward to it. I had high hopes. I thought Matt Ryan would play well. I thought the passing game would be, would be a lot better than it was. I uh, thought JT was going to have another strong year, but it just didn't work out. Um, you cannot turn the ball over like this team did 
and have a chance to win. And when it, when the difference between teams in this league is so small, um, they just turn the ball over from from the jump to the end. Um, I, I don't know what they're the end they ended up with. I know it was in the 30s as far as turnovers, but uh, yeah, guys, it was uh, disappointing. I had them winning the division, and it, and maybe I'm just stupid, but you know that's what I thought. And about midway through the year, you could just see. I think, you know, Frank Wright kind of lost this team and I didn't agree with firing him in season. I didn't agree with the way they did it, um, but I thought it was the end of the road for him. And honestly, Chris Ballard as well. But you could see Jim Irsay wasn't going to pay two contracts to 2026. Uh, so he's going to roll with Chris Ballard and hopefully he'll let him do his job. But as far as my overview of the season, just really disappointing. But the caveat to that is we really found a way to lose at the end of the year. And, and that was great because we needed it to get into the final top, into the top five. And that's good for this franchise moving forward because we all know the quarterback issue has to be solved. Steven, Zach, I mean, we, we, I mean, like Jason said, I think all of us here were kind of sitting here thinking that the Colts were probably going to win the division. I mean, that's what everyone thought going into this year. Uh, I mean, you know, how, what were your guys' thoughts on this 2022 season for the Colts? Uh, I would call it, you know, underwhelming. You know, it was just a really big disappointment for me in general um, when it comes down to it. I think the sentiment across this, you know, the stream that we're going to have, everybody expected to be much better, right? And it just, the product on the field just didn't go out there and produce the way that we all thought they would. And more than anything, the most alarming thing for me was, our stars didn't play like superstars this year for the most part. You know, now there are a few players that did show up. I thought Grover Stewart had an amazing year um, and probably would have been a lot more light on that year had we had a better season, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, but all in all, just it was a, just a total disappointment. But we do end up with the fourth pick in the draft, um, and it looks like – whether we wanted to or not, we're going to be drafting a quarterback this year in this upcoming draft. So life in the tunnel, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Steven? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing. You know, the expectations were so – felt so high, right? Like we came off of now of, – off of last year, quarterback away. You know, Ballard talked about it as presser today that, you know, they did a horrendous job of managing expectations. And everyone – I mean, everyone in here, everyone in the chat – probably thought the same thing like hey you know they, they were they were they were Vegas favorites anyway for the division mm -hmm. you know I think I think I put a bet at the beginning of the season it was 10 plus wins and felt like that was that was a good bet at the time so I mean it would have been different had we gone in with different expectations for how they were going to perform this year and then also to kind of toss out there too it's the idea that like Zach said, the the superstars not playing like superstars and not really being able to figure out why there was that regression, not only for us, but it seemed like the coaches couldn't figure it out either. Hey, just a quick question. Does anybody know how to make sausage here in this live stream? Oh, gosh. I know how to make sausage. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I, I, know. I, I, I thought it wasn't rocket science. I was actually going to say, actually, it was like a, a few weeks ago, I actually made some deer sausage. So. Hey, I, I, I love it, man. Love it. Maybe we can maybe we can have that for a draft party. But, um, yeah. okay, just since Steven brought up the uh, the record here for a second, I want to ask – and uh, Cody, you better answer. You raise your freaking hand remember. on this because I know you you did this. Pro I definitely raise did. a raise of hands in here for anyone who thought the Colts were going to win eleven games this year. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Okay, so everyone except Landon and I. Okay. Alright. So hey, listen. I'm not fair, knocking anyone. It's it's the Colts' fault. Okay. So that's that's the thing at the end of the day. But Drake, I, uh, at, I think I had them at nine to ten wins. So I wasn't really like that. Far okay. Off. Yeah, yeah. You're right there. Drake, uh, what what was your thoughts on twenty twenty two, man? Well, you know, I was pretty excited when they got Matt Ryan. You know, he he had a pretty a, a pretty bare team in Atlanta, still put up some pretty decent numbers. So, you know, I figured he still had plenty left in the tank. And, you know, maybe it was just a, a product of the, the play calling, the situation with the coaching. But it, for me, it was really sad to see Matt Ryan come over to a team that you could just tell when he met Frank Reich and he like got the whole handshake. I mean, he was just so excited to be here and, uh, you know, being in Indianapolis. But for me, that was really the big letdown. And I, I agree with Zach. It was just a, a, that situation with Ryan was a microcosm of the whole season, in my opinion. Uh, Landon? Uh, yeah. So to me, really, like it, it was just an unmitigated disaster is the best way to put mm -hmm. it. And really, whenever you think about it, because I'm a little bit older than some of you guys. I know Jason's probably got me beat. Steven might have me beat. But uh, I remember back in like the mid 90s, whenever like nobody really cared about this team and they could lose. And it was just like, yeah, whatever. It's the Colts or the Dolts, I believe. And um, then the other two seasons like this season, you had Peyton Manning and you had Andrew Luck waiting for you. And you don't have that this season. So I think combined with the fact that now there's an expectation of winning in this franchise, there's not a quarterback of an Andrew Luck and a Peyton Manning caliber guy waiting for you at the end of the road. And the expectations, you know, that we all had, and not only us, but the media, Vegas, the team themselves, um, for it to end up this way, it's, it's hard not to say that this might be one of the worst seasons, if not the worst season in the Indianapolis era. Yeah, I was saying that I've had a bunch of people tell me, like, remind me of, oh, like you have to you have to remember like the Curtis Painter days and uh, even like the old Baltimore days. Well, I talked about specifically Indianapolis. And of course, when Curtis Painter was there. Nobody expected Indianapolis to do anything. We all expected them to either contend for the division or win the division and get to the playoffs. But obviously none of that uh, happened. Uh, Cody, you want to give your quick thoughts on uh, 2022, even though it's I mean, well documented on this channel already. You've heard me to do this to death and I'm sure we all feel this way. It's just like, how does this team continue to embarrass themselves week after week? It's actually impressive how they actually were doing it at the end of the year. It's like, oh, you blow a 30 point, 30 plus point lead to Minnesota. You, you know, you get beat by the worst team in football record wise. It's just like every week it's like, okay, how are we going to further the embarrassment this week? And so, yeah, I think whenever the whole situation happened with Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday, things just, they just went off the rails for this team, um, just all things considered. And so, yeah, it was uh, tough to watch. I'll say that the whole offense, the whole year it was, and it went from bad to worse. So, just thankful that this season is finally over and we can talk about something else and we never have to talk about the 2022 Colts offense, especially because it was bad. It was really if, bad. If anything, though, Matt Ryan did make the history books, though, uh, in oh, Indianapolis. Oh, no. He now owns the record for biggest blown lead in the regular season and the Super Bowl now uh, because so of that 33-point comeback from behind win with Minnesota. Uh, also, by the way, that jersey that Kirk Cousins wore today actually got inducted into the uh, 
Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum today. Uh, so thank you again, Indianapolis Colts, for making Kirk Cousins part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame <laughs> Museum. Uh, anyways, uh, shout out again to the 122 people in here right now. Be sure to like the stream, guys. Let's get it to over 100 likes on the stream. Shout out to all these guys for making an appearance today. Uh, but today, the biggest news was the Ballard Presser. Uh, we didn't get a chance to react to it live here on this channel, uh, which we would have liked to have done. But nevertheless, that was all Colts Nation could talk about today. Uh, there were some good things and some people saying that Ballard, all he was doing was dodging questions. Uh, genuinely curious to hear all of your guys' reactions to this. And Jason, we'll start with you again. Uh what was your thoughts to hearing Chris Ballard talk at his presser today? He said all the right things. Um, uh, you know, he took, he took response. He, he was a lot more uh, open-minded and took a lot more responsibility than I ever expected. I mean, that's all you can really ask somebody that does a poor job is that they recognize it. He seems to be open to changing his, some of his ways of thinking. He's still an in, you know, inside out type guy. He's going to build the lines. Uh, I'm not, really huge on that i mean you you do need to have adequate play there but you need edge rushers and you need speed you need to be able to stretch the field um but for me it all comes down to is he going to be allowed to make the decisions is it going to be enough i mean because i've been I've, I've been a colt fan since 83 i lived through the bob ursay days and believe me fellas when i tell you this is nothing compared to bob ursay okay but Jim Irsay himself has not really been a meddlesome guy. This is the first year where he kind of went fan mode and got desperate in the middle of the year and made a poor decision, you know, in my opinion, a really poor decision. But um, it turned out it can work out for the Colts if they, if, you know, if they, if they make the right hire. But as far as Ballard goes, it's really, you know, can he realign his thinking to where we are in 2023? Will he be allowed to make those decisions coaching-wise, player-wise, um, and hopefully he will. And if he doesn't do the right – you know, do a good job, somebody else will come in and do that job. But for me, as far as the presser goes, and some I think Landon said this online, um, actions speak louder than words. So at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what we see as far as roster building. But I liked what I heard, but again, I got to see it. So for, for the presser, I thought he was fine. But at the end of the day, it comes down to do you do what you say? Do we get better? Do we build a roster? Do we stop screwing around at the quarterback position, which he's obviously done, um, you know, kind of patchwork in it. So uh, for me, I think all three of these quarterbacks should be gone. Um, I like Ellinger, but I don't think he's part of the future. And I don't think he's, you know, really what we need. I want to just start a whole new slate with our offense. Just blow that all up. Um but as far as the – sorry to go off into All tangent good. there. But uh, as far as Ballard, he was fine. Um, nothing – I didn't – wasn't like – it wasn't like the Ursa, uh presser we saw where it was an unmitigated joke, embarrassment, and disaster. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, you're right. When it comes to the Ursay, uh Ballard thing, you know, he talked about how Ursay is going to let me do my job. You know, well, I mean, we'll we'll see about that. You know, he clearly wasn't the one in command this, this season – but uh, Landon, uh, what what's your reaction to what you heard from Ballard? Because you were you were very vocal about just about every talking point when it came to that presser earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, like there's there's a lot at stake there, and so I, 
you know, I, I'm never shy to let my feelings be known on anything, which is fine. But, uh, oh, wide receiver coach. <laughs> Jason's going to be our head yeah, coach. Much Cody's going to be the OC. That. I'll be the DC. <laughs> Steven, you'll be the O-line coach. Landon's going to be the wide receiver coach. Drake's going to be the QBs. Zach, uh, you're the running back coach. Ballard, we're, we're all here. We're all ready to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, anything I need to help. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, it was uh, – it was a good press conference and it was pretty much what I expected. I mean, there's not really much you can say whenever you fail at the level that he's failed at, um, you know, especially this year. So I thought he made some good points. I thought there were some things in there that I would have liked to have heard a little bit better, you know, more specifically, you know, the Jeff Saturday stuff, uh, you know, consistently blaming the team and every, like, it's always, it seems like that's kind of been the notion is it's been everybody else, but Jeff Saturday. Um, and that's, you know, in Saturday's press conference and in Ballard's press conference. And there is a little bit of truth to that. But, I mean, it's like Jason said, like like I said online, man, it's um, you have to see it in action. I've got to see that the change has taken place. And I, and I believe it will. And also to, to give Jim Irsay a little bit of credit, like, you know, I know we talk about him making decisions and stuff like that. But when it comes to coaching hires, um, all 32 owners have to sign off on that hire. Like they, they all make the call at the end of the day. So that's nothing that's really crazy for Jim Irsay to do. Like that's, that's normal procedure. And I feel a lot better about knowing that Chris Ballard is going to be in charge of the coaching decisions or not necessarily decision at the end of the day, but as far as like getting the candidates and stuff, because you're starting to see a lot of really good candidates now being requested for interviews and like, it makes me feel a lot better. And he was, he was a little bit dodgy about some of the Saturday stuff in that press conference. I mean, it, it didn't look like he was super keen on the idea of bringing him back, but obviously we know at the end of the day, it's all, it's all up to one guy and that's the owner. And we'll see what Chris Ballard learned from this. We'll see how this season goes. It's going to be, this is the most crucial off season this team has faced in 25 years. So got to get it right. Absolutely. I mean, Drake, we, uh, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like there was a different attitude with Chris Ballard in this presser. Like you, you normally see a cocky, uh, sometimes arrogant Chris Ballard, especially recently when you talk about like some of the things he talks about with some of these position groups and understanding that he thinks that, you know, the group doesn't need help when, you know, he, had to talk about all the different position groups this year that failed and understanding that he didn't do a good enough job at that. I mean, were you surprised to see Ballard talk like that in a way? Yeah, it was actually in a way kind of welcoming because he really admitted he kind of felt we had, there was a writer, uh, Scott Kennedy that wrote that he fell on the sword. You know, he kind of took the responsibility. He said, this ends with me, which um, that's, I think what some people did predict he would say. So you know, I, I 100% agree uh, that it was kind of what you would expect, but you also did see some some accountability. And he said, all, he also said, I'll do what's necessary if we feel the number one pick benefits us. So this tells everybody in the Colts Nation, all the fans out there, that this is a guy that I think realizes he did a pretty bad job. You know, that's what I got from it is it was genuinely a guy that got out there and he was honest. And he said, uh, you know, I can be 
very stubborn, but all he was also very, you know, clear that he's never going to give up on the notion that the offensive line is what really starts and ends an offense. And as I think we all saw this year, he admitted that he was okay with taking Matt Pryor and putting him at that left tackle position and okay with putting Danny Pinter at the right guard position simply because he had Ryan Kelly and, and Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson. And he admitted, you know, maybe in hindsight, that wasn't the best decision. So I think you're going to see some different approaches. You're going to see competition for Will Fries to get that right guard position, competition for Raymond to continue to hold that position. I'm looking forward to see how he approaches the offensive line. Steven, uh, Zach, what do you guys got? Well, I'll, I'll say this, and I mean, anybody who's ever listened to any of our content knows that I, I, I am not Team Ballard, so I hate to be the negative one here, but but when it comes down to it, uh, I did not want him to come back, but nevertheless, he is coming back. Um, so I'll say the one thing I do like, though, is that we know, right? They're not going to let this thing linger. We now know who's going to be the general manager because there were three real big questions. General manager, head coach, who's going to play a quarterback for this football team next year? We've got one of those answered. Um, he did a very good job of kind of articulating things. That's to be expected. That's his strong suit. He's very good um, in those settings, in those controlled settings especially. Um, that being said, I need to see it, man. I mean, I'm just so gun-shy from the past, you know. Um, but you'd have to think that. A, Chris Ballard's a smart enough man to know, hey, if I don't do things differently and I go down this same path, I'm not going to have a job this time next year. I'm not going to be having this press conference. So a little bit of that and then a little bit of a, a nudge from, from Jim Ursay basically saying, listen, we've tried it your way. We're going to have to we're going to have to regroup and kind of come up with a new identity of how we're going to do things. And it was encouraging uh, that he mentioned that he would be willing to trade up for the right player. That being said, he said that every single year, you know, when they ask him that as well. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, we're in a much different position to go to four to one or, or stay at four, whatever you want to do. We can get into that later, but um, he's in a much more advantageous position to, to make that move if he needs to make that move. Um, and I think I even text Landon last week and I said, man, if we can find it to four and Chicago flips to go to one, we're in a real, real good spot come draft day. Um, and I still believe so. Steven. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, everyone's gone. So it's just echoing the same kind of thing that I was relieved after, after the Saturday presser and him kind of throwing the team under the bus, right. And throwing, you know, Frank Wright and how it was built and everything and not really taking responsibility at all. It was nice to see him kind of take responsibility. Uh, obviously I'm on the show all the time with Zach. So I, I know I hear the thing all the time about, you know, we, there was a lot of discussion on our show about him not coming back and not really wanting him back. And this is going to sound weird for me and I, and, you know, watching him and hearing him, he was much more comfortable obviously than the last time we saw him, which was in the Saturday presser, which he was very uncomfortable, but he didn't seem nearly as cocky and arrogant as he's generally been in these settings. Uh, I don't think he could be. He couldn't yeah. be after kind of this disaster of a season that we went through. Uh, I mean, I kind of sit back and forth when it comes to coming out of this. I know a name that kind of has popped in my head a lot as I've looked over and me and Zach have talked about, should he come back or should he not come back? Is, is Howie Roseman. 
with the Eagles, right? I mean, he was with the Eagles forever, did a poor job, and he had to pivot. The question is, can Ballard pivot? Can he actually do what he's saying? I get that he wants to build through the line. Is he? Does he? A take that I got out of it is he seems like there is a chance that he will be more willing to dip into free agency now for different areas. Does he do it? I'm going to wait and see. I think he also kind of talked out both sides of his mouth when it came to quarterback in the draft, trying to kind of cover what everybody knows, which is that we're going to draft a quarterback. So to kind of float that, it's like, hey, we may not take one in the first round. Yeah, no he said that, that earlier. Nobody believes like, that. Yeah, no one believes that at all. We know so, that if I he mean, doesn't get a quarterback, that there's right, some I things that will probably change. I, I, I was okay with it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. It felt I did. I will say, and this is just kind of like a logistic thing. It felt shorter than years past. It felt like he didn't feel quite as many questions as he's done in the past. But that's just that. Maybe that was just me. I understand. Shout out to the 240 people in here right now, guys. Be sure to like the stream, guys. Well, let's get to over 100 likes in the next few minutes here, guys. Come on, smash that like button. Be sure to comment. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, but let's go ahead and go into this next thing here. Before we get into coaching candidates and whatnot, we were talking a little, you guys, a few guys mentioned free agency and a couple other things going on. Let's just say, let's just say somehow, some way, the Colts have a different plan at quarterback than drafting one. Let's just say for somehow, some way, there's a quarterback out there that would appeal to the Colts enough that they would actually either go and trade for one or they would sign one because we hear that, you know, Lamar Jackson might potentially test free agency because it sounds like the Ravens want to franchise tag him again. And I don't think he's going to take that. Uh, We've heard about the tensions with Derek Carr and the Raiders. That talk has happened many, many times. Uh, then say maybe they get another bridge quarterback like a Jimmy G to bring over, even though they're trying to you know, bring in another quarterback. Is there anyone out there at all that, let's just say there is a chance for that. Uh, Steven, we'll start with you first. Is there a quarterback out there that you could see Ballard attempting to try to go for? Is there a quarterback I think he could attempt? Yes. Do I think he'd get away with it? Hell no. <laughs> if he tried to do it. Uh, I mean, it would have to be and if if you were to try to do that. The only selling point, it would have to be a much younger quarterback. I just I don't I don't see him being able to try to sell it. I just don't. I mean, you mentioned Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr t- two years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we talked, we talked about him two years ago and I would have loved it then. Uh, but not now Jimmy G. No, thank you. You know, I don't, <laughs> we've all heard the rabbit hole of like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I, I don't think you can't, I don't think you can one sell it to the franchise to the fans. And there's, I just don't think you can sell it to Ursay. You know, I don't think, I mean, there's a quarterback that I, I really like uh, Derek knows who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't think you could sell that either. Me and Derek are. I mean, I, I like Justin Fields, but I don't think you can sell that. I think nah. you're gonna have to just. You're gonna have to pony up, bite the bullet, and you have to do the draft. Okay, so show a hands for everyone in here. Like, say Lamar Jackson is testing, gonna test free agency, 
and he is willing to go down to within 40 to 45 million guaranteed on a contract for the next four years. Is anyone in here show of hands taking that deal? I would. Okay, there's a couple. There's a couple. Okay, Cody, Landon, and and Jason. All right, I, all right, Jason. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me why you would take that deal there? He's going into his prime. I think he's a top five, top ten. It, it, when he's at his best, he's he changes the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he can run. He can make. He can make the throws. He's got an elite arm. Um, he just has. He's had a OC in Baltimore that is prone to getting his quarterbacks killed with his play calling. All their quarterbacks have been hurt. Huntley, all of them. I mean, you can go through all of them um, because it's a run-heavy offense. In this offense, he would actually have, uh, you know, l- legit receivers. I think Pierce is going to be a stud. Uh, you didn't really – you didn't see it on tape as much this year because our quarterback, our line, uh, you, you just couldn't do anything with that. You bring Paris back, um, that's elite speed, stretch the field guy. And then you got Pitt, who can do it all. So, and then Woods, and hopefully we go out and get a blocking tight end, which is a whole other subject. But as far as you, – you know what you're getting. I mean, when he's on the field, he's he's an MVP. Like, he's he's really special in every way. Uh, he's a great leader, a great kid. I would I would do it in a second. Uh, you know, I think he's uh, – it would be so much fun to watch with JT. Oh, my God, it would be so much fun. I've been saying that same thing, too. Could you imagine an RPO offense with – Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor. That'd be so deadly. Uh, Landon, I know you ra- raised your hand. Uh, what what would make you want to take that deal? Well, one, he's 25-year-old MVP. I mean, those quarterbacks don't become available. I mean, never. Um, so on the off chance it does, you have a chance to have your franchise guy for at least I see, you know, because we don't know how he ages, but – you would have at least six to seven years. And uh, yeah, I, I like Penix, but man. <laughs> he says, I take 2024 drafting Michael Penix, but let's get Stroud for now. <laughs> Stroud for now. Like as if Stroud's a bridge quarterback for next year for Michael Penix. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, go ahead and finish your that's, thoughts. That's that's what my Twitter looks like daily. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I lose brain cells trying to argue I, with people. I love, it, I, love, I love it though, man. I, I love hearing different people's opinions and, you know, regardless of how offlandish they may be, it's, it's still all in fun. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you can learn stuff from other people that maybe you don't see with somebody, but I don't see CJ Stroud being a bridge quarterback for sure. Um, but as far as Lamar Jackson goes, yeah, it's, I mean, the money would really be, the issue for me and the compensation you would have to give up. Cause I mean, you're, you're going to have to give up a lot to get him if he even becomes remotely available. Uh, so that would be like tough to swallow, but in, like I said, it's MVP. He's an MVP. He's 25 years old. He, mm-hmm. like Jason said, he literally is one of the five biggest game changers in football. Whenever he's on the field out of any position, not just quarterback. So you have a chance at having a guy like that. Um, yeah, you, you got to take it. I feel you. Uh, again, shout out to 300 people in the stream right now, guys. Thank you all for tuning in on this nice Tuesday night. Uh, be sure to like the stream, guys. We're trying to get it over 100 likes here in the next few minutes. Uh, okay, so Cody, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, okay. Two favorite coaching candidates. Oh. You can have any coaching candidates. 
how no matter how big the pipe dream because nobody's been hired yet mm-hmm. uh there's always a chance uh, who, who are the two that you want okay so i would say D'Amico ryan's was number one for me um the dude okay. i mean he's just incredible incredible coach and you know he can scheme things up, and he's the kind of guy I think the Colts are looking for, right? That kind of what what they've been raving about with Jeff Saturday, right? Former player, he gets it, you know, and he's also has some coaching experience too, so that's definitely a, a good thing. So he's number one for me, and I think number two is Ben Johnson, the OC for Detroit, because just what he's done with this offense, and you look at Detroit, and they don't really have like you know an elite elite guy. I mean. They have some guys that are really, really good, but like Ben Johnson, what he's been able to do with that Lions offense this year, that's exciting, especially if you're going to go get a rookie guy, rookie quarterback. I think that definitely entices me. So those would be my top two guys, I would think. I uh, Drake, who are your two uh, top coaching candidates? So uh, I'll, I'll actually go second first. I, I do like Shane Steichen. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Eagles now after was, this is actually something, uh, me and, uh, my co-host Andrew discussed on our show. We, uh, we said, you know, it's probably not, there's a chance that that might actually never happen just because Sirianni can't, you know, can't stand the, can't Colts, stand the Colts now. Yeah. yeah that's uh so <laughs> maybe there's no interview who knows, but I, I'm going to go reverse. I think that Ben Johnson, you, you take Jonathan Taylor and I love Zach Moss. I love what he presents. He doesn't just show pass first because against Hines, that's what you knew. You pretty much knew. I mean, this is a guy that got 50, 60 carries a season. Like you knew it was going to be a pass. And so with Zach, with Zach Moss out there, I mean, you got what he's been able to do with Swift and what he's been able to do with that running back field and Jamal Williams, who leads the league in rushing touchdowns, broke Barry Sanders' rushing touchdowns record. <laughs> Man, that would be one heck of an offense with a rookie quarterback and maybe a revamped offense be pretty cool to see uh uh jason what about you your top two um i would say harbaugh one um only because he knows the nfl he's been there before he's been successful he's taken a team to the super bowl uh he would you would definitely uh re-energize this fan base I'll, you know he's in the ring of honor basically for what he did in one year but it was an crazy it was an amazing year um, so he's in a sense, a Colts legend, uh, for taking him to that AFC championship when they hadn't really, I don't think they'd won a game, a uh, playoff game in Indianapolis before he was, was there, but, um, he'd be my one and two, man, it's so hard for me to choose between D'Amico and Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, th- because I love both of those guys for the kind of the same reasons, what they've done, um, and, and accomplished, especially Ben Johnson in a short time, Detroit um with with what he's done with Jared Goff and that offense but I love to me if I had to pick I'd say D'Amico just because his track record's a little longer um but I love all three of those guys you asked for two uh, sorry I gave you three it's but, all good um, <laughs> I, I like all three of those guys I'd be and the fact that they were they they were right on Ben Johnson early is you know I think is great we all know they're interested in Harbaugh I haven't seen if they they've put anything in for D'Amico yet but I, I would think they will um, so they're like someone mentioned earlier, they're, they're making good decisions as far as who they're reaching out to. But the three guys for me, definitely uh hardball. I'd be happy with any of these guys, hardball D'Amico or Ben Johnson. Uh, Zach, what about you? Your top two. So hardball would be number one for me. Um, 
I just like his pedigree and I like what he brings. I think that's probably what we need. I probably lean more towards the offensive side, especially if you're going to draft a young quarterback. I feel like if you can keep that continuity together for a very long time, um, I think that really, really works out well. But there's another guy that not a lot of people have talked about. Um, I know Steven and I have been talking about it for a little bit. I'm really, really, really high on Brian Flores. Um, okay. I just think he's a guy who could come in and, and be a leader of men. I mean, you ask for that, but as well as, you know, he, he won with not, not great football teams, you know, not, not the, he didn't have the Tyreek Hill and all of this, you know, when, when he was there in Miami. Um, and I think he's a really solid coach and what he got to learn under a Mike Tomlin, you know, this year, I think is invaluable. Um, and obviously D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, those two guys are so close. It's almost like close your eyes and flip a coin on those two guys when it comes down to the defensive side. But I would go with Hardball one and Flores um, two. Landon, what about you? Your top two. Well, my my number one is a guy that you know we haven't even heard news on interviewing for anybody yet, or or well, maybe uh, I don't know if he's accepted an interview or anything like that. But that's um. Oh my gosh, I just I just blinked. So I'll go to my second real quick while I get my brain a second. Okay. Um, Ben Johnson, I know everybody's equitive in here, but but he's awesome. And you know, that's a guy he's basically like a mini quieter version of Dan Campbell. And we see how fired up Dan Campbell is, the the energy he brings and just the job that he's done, you know, especially there in Detroit, you know, and that's not a bare cupboard up there. I mean, they have some great pieces to work with. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's he's really game planned around the talent he has and he's maximized the talent he has, especially in Jared Goff. He, anytime you can set your quarterback up to what they do well and, uh, you know, build around that guy. And the other one now, just remember, um, and uh, that's that's Dorsey up in Buffalo. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy that oversaw the quarterback coach uh, for Buffalo with Josh Allen. He oversaw the development of Josh Allen. Now he's turned into a fantastic offensive mind. I know we've all seen the clip of him slamming the the clipboard down, you know, after a bad play. So, um, you know, he, he brings fire. He's, he's a great leader. He's a fantastic development of, you know, talent, just not only just for quarterback, but of all those positions. And a lot of the stuff they've run in um, Buffalo this year, it's been really, really cool to watch. So yeah, Ken Dorsey would be my dream candidate to come in with a young quarterback to build around. And then Ben Johnson would be my second. Uh, Steven, what about you? I know when I'm going last, I feel like everyone has said all of them already. I mean, I, I we, we've talked about a lot. I like Harbaugh. Um, but Johnson, I like him. Flores is someone I like. And I, I'm going to drop this. Of the names that we've seen come out so far too, right? I, 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 Me and Landon have kind of talked about this through Twitter, and I've talked a little bit too. Is Raheem Morris actually surprisingly I, I like more than I thought that I would when I started doing a little bit more research on him. Uh, you know, listening to it being on both he's he's been on both sides of the ball. He's been a head coach before. He's been an interim head coach as well, where a lot of people thought he should have got that job. Uh, he's got a – I like looking at him too. I like his ability to put a staff together as as kind of – as that defensive coordinator. You know, you worry something Zach brought up is the offensive side of the staff. Well, he's coached with John Gruden, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay. So I, li I like that ability to put the staff. Is that a home run hire? No. Um, but – if 
I kind of got a little bit of my thunder stolen. I mean, I, me and Zach have talked about it a lot. I really do. I'm, I'm on the same with him. We've talked a lot about Brian Flores. I like his ability to to lead the team. I like that he's been a coach prior to this. And like Zach pointed out too, he he didn't just not win with a lot of talent. He won with an owner actively trying to pay him to lose, right? Like he's he still won. So I mean, do I think that they'll even? I don't think they're even going to sniff his way though. Kind of looking at this and seeing that he's gotten interviews for DC jobs, but he's definitely someone that I like a lot. Yeah, I think for two and three, when it comes to me, I I, I think it's really close. I mean, I love Harbaugh. Um, the idea of it would be great. Uh, just again, like Zach said, with the pedigree that he has, I mean, it, it, it's unprecedented. I mean, he's been in the NFL. He knows what it takes to win. I don't care what anyone says about if Harbaugh maybe passed his, his days, he was winning football games at a good rate, uh, when he was a coach. And, uh, I would say the only one that I would mix in with him at number two is D'Amico Ryan's just the only thing I question with D'Amico Ryan's is, he is so good at what he does, especially on the defensive side of the ball, how he wants to approach things that way. He may change how we do defense altogether because the way he runs things in San Francisco is nothing like the conservative zone coverage that we see in Indy right now. So, you know, if you bring D'Amico in, you're probably going to get rid of Gus Bradley because Gus Bradley is not going to run that kind of defense. So, you know, would it be better for us? Would it be worse? I don't know because it depends on the, the people you have there. You know, I don't know how aggressive he would be. I actually think it would be a good idea because I honestly think we could be afford to do a, be a lot more aggressive on defense. But then again, that's above my pay grade. Uh, but number one, I would definitely want Ben Johnson. That's dream scenario for me because I could only imagine a Ben Johnson with a CJ Stroud or a Will Levis to be able to throw the ball vertically down the field. I mean, Ben Johnson, like you guys have said, who have mentioned him, like what he was doing with Jared Goff of all people and turning Jared Goff into a top 10 quarterback. I mean, this Colts offense is built for the big play and for to throw the ball down the field. They have the weapons to do that. They just need a guy who can actually get that involved and then a quarterback that can actually do it. So, I mean, that would be fantastic for me. Now, I'll go to each and every one of you. If there's one candidate you don't want the Colts to hire, if there's one that you could just think of who they've already maybe even, you could even cheat and maybe say like one of the guys that they've already sent out interview requests, if it makes it easier for you to know. But uh, Jason, we'll start with you. If there's one head coach that's, or head coach candidate that you don't want Colts to touch on. And it can't be Jeff Saturday. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll go, I'll go <laughs> That's too easy. That's too easy. Everybody was about it, though. I'm sorry. That I, I knew that I knew that was coming at the last second. I have to. It's too Everybody easy. was gonna say Jeff Saturday. Yep. Oh man. Um well, everything to me is compared to Jeff Saturday, but if I had to pick a guy that I that I think they're going to look at that I don't want him to get, and it's only because I know what I'm getting and we've had enough of these type of coaches, it's Leslie Frazier. I like what he's done in Buffalo, but we've been there, done that. He's 60, almost 65 years old, and I'm not an ageist person, obviously. I'm the oldest person on this panel, but I just want to go younger 
And if I have a choice, I'd rather have a young defensive coach as opposed to an old one. Um, but I would, pref- you know, prefer one of the three I mentioned. Uh, but for me, it's 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 nothing personal against him. He's a he's he's a good coordinator, but I think we've seen him as a head coach, and it, it wasn't great. Uh, and I just want to go younger there. It's not it's nothing personal. I think he's a really good coach, but I I just want to go a different direction there. Zach, what about you? Oh, I was going to say Leslie Frazier. Absolutely, uh, hate 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 the idea of Leslie Frazier, but. You know, I'll say this. I'm not, a, I'm probably not like super high. If we talk about candidates who we've already been like connected with, would be Aaron Glenn. Doesn't mean a lot to me. Um, he just doesn't do a lot for me personally um, when it comes down to it. He's probably the least liked guy that I like of that list, this initial list that we have, minus obviously Jeff Saturday, which you ruled that out as well. So. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I would probably say Aaron Glenn on of the list that we've compiled so far. Um, and then Leslie Frazier, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of Jason. Uh, just more of the same with Leslie, you know, when it really yeah. comes down to it. And and I think we need I'll say this, we need a little more spirited head coach when it comes to when it comes to modern NFL. Yeah, totally agree with that. I had somebody, I don't remember who it was, but somebody threw me the idea of uh Mike Zimmer, which is the whole which was hilarious to me. Uh I, I know they were trolling, but that was that was funny. Um I, I know anyone who in here knows who UCF Jaguar is. I'm sure most of you probably do. He was he trolled me yesterday. He was like, hey, what's y'all's thoughts on getting like Adam Gase or something? I'm like, oh, dude, God. get out of here with this <laughs> nonsense that you're throwing my way. Uh, but Landon, uh, do you have anyone that you would not want the Colts to hire? Um, it might actually be a little bit controversial. Um, but I'm not a big Eric B enemy guy. Um, not necessarily because I don't necessarily think that he's not smart offensively. I mean, clearly uh, I do think he is, but just some of the stuff, you know, the, the prior arrest record he has, you know, from, from years back, um, you know, not just once, but I believe there's like three different times he's been arrested. And then on top of that, you just hear rumblings of he doesn't really connect well with players in the locker room. You know, he rubs people the wrong way. He doesn't interview very well, comes off as very unprepared in interviews. Um, and that's a name that's a name that a lot of fans throw out because they see, you know, oh, well, he's the offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. So that's kind of what they're basing it on without necessarily – looking deeper into who he is as a candidate. And there's a reason that he hasn't got a head coach job yet. Now, do I think eventually will he get one? More than likely, yeah. But I would like to see another team necessarily take that shot instead of the Colts. Drake, you got anyone? You know, uh, this one's kind of a wild card, but Gerard Mayo. I've been hearing, you know, his name kind of floating around. And it's it's really not even a case of – that the Colts couldn't use, you know, a defensive minded coach. I mean, but I think the defense kind of like you said, Derek, I think it's, I think it's said, I think that they need an offensive minded coach that knows how to develop a young quarterback. I wrote a piece on Jim Caldwell, but looking back, might want to have someone with a little more fire, uh, but just somebody who can get the quarterback going right out of the gate, show him the struggles and and just get him into a rhythm kind of like you know uh, luck you know had originally when he was a rookie 
Apparently, we are the Colts account Pro Bowl list right here, uh, according to this right here. Steven, uh, anybody in here that you would not want the Colts to hire? Is he muted right now? Hey, Steven, are you muted? My kid was banging around, so I had to mute. I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to say one, and I'm going to say the one I actually feel. So. One for me, and, I, and I'm feeling Landon stare at me right now, is I actually don't like Ken Dorsey. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, some people some people have Landon the unmuted. He's been that's, there that's for only so long. It is the Buffalo Bills offense. It was already good when he got there. You know, that's the question mark. Well, and, and well, I'm I mean, not going to go a lot on him. I just – my concerns are that – Dayball did a lot of that development for Josh Allen and Josh Allen's just a freak, right? He's just a freak of nature. The one that I, I honestly is Sean Payton for me, because I don't want to give up the, I think a lot of fans mention him a lot. And I think it's, they forget that he's under contract that you're yeah. going to have to give stuff up for him. And that's stuff that we desperately need right now when it comes to the picks and what, I mean, they're looking for a first rounder, I think I floated out there on Twitter. I was like, you willing to give up your fourth for Sean Payton? I'm not. Uh, so, I mean, he's one that I, I don't think they're – now, I, I also don't think the Colts are on his radar whatsoever. So, I don't think it's a it's a worry. But he's one that I just – I think people, like I said, people forget very quickly that you're going to have to give he's – not, he's not just out there. You can't just go throw a bunch of money. You're going to have to give stuff to the Saints. And I really don't want to give that for a coach. True. Cody, is there anyone that you would not want the Colts to have right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, Leslie Frazier, for me, clearly no. It just doesn't do anything for me. I think if you're going to get a coach, get a guy that is either younger at, at the defensive coordinator position, a guy that I think we is a little bit more of a wild card, if you will. You know, we don't know as much about. Um, or go all, the offensive route and, and get a guy that you can pair with a rookie quarterback. So Leslie Frazier is kind of just the biggest. He's a safe option, but he's pretty mad to me. I'd rather go swing for the fences a little bit. Maybe you don't know exactly what you have, but, you know, it's a little bit more of a potential for for him to grow and, and be a little bit more of a, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, you know, but it could be a little bit. I think I think a, a little bit of a mystery is good um, with the with the head coach. And so I'm excited. I would be excited for that. So just with Leslie Frazier, it's it's the blandest and safest option. And I just, I'm not ready to go there to say, I don't know if I see this on Twitter every day, Jason, are you and Zach, like the leaders of the, we don't want Leslie Frazier, but we believe that the Colts will probably end up doing it just in spite of us. movement. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Only because the last time he was a major, he was, it was down to him and Frank. Um, oh, yeah. And they they chose him because, or they chose Frank obviously because of the offensive pedigree. But if you know Ursay, you know his two confidants that he always leans on, or three, are Bill Poley and Tony Dungy. They they love Leslie Frazier. They recommended him last time. That's what scares me about this. Uh, same with the Saturday thing. Is if Ursay takes what Ballard says and says, Nah, we're gonna go this way. That that scares me. That's the only reason I that. But you never know. If Ballard's allowed to make the decision, I don't think they go Leslie Frazier. Um, gotcha. But but if if they if Ursay, you know, leans on Polian and Dungy like he did the last time, 
that scares me. Um, but if, if, here's my thing. If you're going to get Leslie Frazier, then just get Jim Caldwell. If you're, if the age doesn't matter and you're going to go, you know, you know, basically a cardboard personality, get somebody that can develop, a, you know, your quarterback mm-hmm. uh, and bring in a good staff. So I don't want either one of those guys, but I would consider Jim Caldwell a hundred times before, you know, he took a team to a, to a Super Bowl. Obviously it's Peyton Manning, but he's won before and he won in Detroit. So yeah, if they go a direction like that, I, I as much as I didn't, you know, I'm not a Jim Caldwell guy. I would take them a hundred times over Leslie Frazier. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hop into a few more topics here before we close this off. Uh, well, we need, we are obviously at the point where the, we all feel that the Colts need to go get a quarterback in this draft. So the big controversy is the big four, right? Like the big four names, where do we rank these guys? Right. And I'm curious to hear if anyone has any wild uh, names here. Without going into too much detail, I want you all to give me your top four uh, from four to one. I want you to give me that without giving me too much detail because we want to try to keep this down so we can make sure we get one more topic in before we head everybody out. But Steven, uh, do you have a list for your top four uh, QBs in the draft this year? Yeah, so it's four is Anthony Richardson, and that's tipping for me i'm not a big fan i watched you know i watched his last game and eh, he wore he wore he feels like someone who's either going to win you a super bowl or get you fired in three years um so he's four three is levis and i'm a big levis guy two is stroud and one is young i mean it's I, young size worries me a little stroud it was for me and, and landon knows this and zach knows this i did have levis at two I mean, I know you're not supposed to be swayed by a game, but man, watching Stroud play his final game was insane. Should and be a national kind of champion that. right now, man. Yeah, it should be a national yeah, champion. Yeah, right now. I mean, watching him now. play, it, it blew my mind to see the things that he did and started picturing what he could look like. So, yeah, mine from one to four is Young, Stroud, Levis, and then Richardson is, okay. is there, kind of at that four. Okay, Landon, uh, I've been wanting to hear your top four for a while now. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me yours real quick? Uh, well, so funny thing is I, I generally don't rank quarterbacks because it's so situation dependent. Mm-hmm. So the situation that these guys go to, is, it's going to be vastly different for all of them. So some might, you know, if Anthony Richardson goes to a great situation, does he have a chance to be the best quarterback in this draft? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But just judging just based off of just college prospects and their film and all that stuff, uh, four for me would be Richardson just because it is, you know, the biggest bust to boom factor that you have. I mean, you're either, like Steven said, you're, you're either going to get a franchise quarterback that's going to lead you to Super Bowls or you're going to lose your job. Um, three, surprisingly, people on Twitter might not know this, Three is Will Levis. I don't have a, have him as my quarterback one. Who would have thought? Um, you know, just because I I, I, th- I hate the narrative around him. I hate yeah. the Carson Wentz comparison. The Zach Wilson narrative is just like mind boggling. I don't know where in the world anyone would ever think that's a good narrative. I, yeah, like I that's, yeah. Um, that's not a so compliment. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. Like any any time Will Levis's name is mentioned, I mean, it's just like meltdown. I mean, I was literally. 
assaulted on the internet by Tennessee fans for like two weeks uh, whenever I mentioned him last. But yeah, he's my quarterback three. And then two to me would be Stroud. And I did have Levis and Stroud kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Um, But, you know, and I I hate basing an evaluation off of one game, but it it really did. Like it, it really does. It made me go back and say, like, I know I've had this talk with you, Derek, where it was like before, even before that game where it was like, you know, can he do these things or is it just not asked of him or is it just not prevalent? He doesn't need to do it Um, because anytime you're that much of a killer in the pocket, you rarely have to show what you can do outside the pocket. So um, it was cool to see those confirmations kind of, or, you know, see all that confirmed. And the number one for me and this is like a huge gap um, is Bryce Young. And I know people have, you know, they struggle with the size and I get that. But to me, like he's not a guy that has played, you know, in like the big 12 or like, you know, like this guy plays SEC football. Like these are NFL first round caliber defensive linemen. This goes up, this guy goes up against and gets sacked by on a weekly basis. He practices against NFL caliber defensive linemen. Um, you know, and I'm not going to make a big stink about, well, is he going to get hurt? Can he get hurt? Can he get any quarterback can get hurt? And it's it's never been an issue before. So I'm not going to create an issue where I haven't seen an issue. Now, yeah. it, you know, if he was constantly getting knocked out, you know, or anything like that during, during college, yeah, that's a big issue. But this is a guy that routinely dominates the best conference every time he goes out and plays and even, you know, even that Georgia defense, like that Georgia defense we saw Saturday or Monday, my bad. Uh, I'm still in college mode, but the Georgia defense we saw on Monday, they lost 11 starters to the, you know, to the draft this from 2021 or not 11 starters, but 11 players on that defense. He killed them for like 450 yards and four touchdowns whenever they played in 2021. Like, I mean, the, the guy's just a monster. And I do think I, I told this to somebody. Um, it might have been one of you guys, actually. But if this guy was three inches taller and 35 pounds heavier, he would be the best quarterback I've evaluated since Andrew Luck. Yeah. And, you, you told me that one. Yeah, you told me that yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and that's over Trevor Lawrence. Like, that is how good this guy is. The only question mark at all in any part of his game is, you know, he's small. That's it. Right. Uh, Jason, your, uh, your top four uh, real quick. So Richardson's four. Um, I think he's got elite traits, great arm, four, three speed can run, but he's accurate. I mean, he's very raw inexperienced. Like everyone said, you, 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 it could get you fired or, you know, you could be a top five quarterback. So it's, there's very, the variability there is and the volatility is, is, is wide. Um, three Levis had to me, he's closer to a Josh Allen type prospect than he is to a Zach Wilson type prospect. I think people underrate his athletic ability. Um, I would be fine with, with, with him. Um, but he's three for me. I think there's some things mechanically he needs to work on, but I like him. Um, see, and I'm with, I'm with Landon, man. And you guys, that game, you know, you can't do it, but I did it because Levis and Stroud for me were pretty close. But what he did to that Georgia defense, especially after you saw what Georgia did to TCU, I mean, 
that was in the in the throws. And a lot of that was without Marvin Harrison, mm-hmm. who I think is his best receiver. Um, that was a spe- – they lost because I think they made a stupid play call and ran it. I think it was on second down. I wouldn't have done that. I think that cost him the game. But um, I, I just – that game, he was electric. He made all the plays. Uh, he, he moved around. I think there's this misnomer that he can't move. That's not true. You watch him. He's, I mean, considering what we've had here outside of Carson Wentz, he can move around and make, make plays. His issues are when he's pressured, but everybody has issues when they're pressured. Uh, and then obviously, man, Bryce Young off platform is as good as it gets. I mean, he makes so many plays out of nothing. Uh, I think he would be fun to watch. Uh, obviously, everybody's going to mention the size, and that's a fair, a fair assessment um, because, you know, I think he's – I'm not sure if it's 5'10", whatever, and he's like 180. But at the end of the day, when that guy's on the field, he's the best quarterback in this draft, period, for me. Okay. Uh, Drake, your top four real quick. So at number four for me, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a, a hot take, but I, number four for me is Levis. I, I just feel there's just something about – it, it kind of gives me the – that he wants to be Brett Favre without the Brett Favre talent. You know, maybe maybe – not the tax evasion, but I mean the the Brett Favre talent. I just there's just something about him that, that has been all over him. Um, but I, I will say number three for me, <laughs> Anthony Richardson. I do think that he's got the talent. the 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 ceiling is so incredibly high for me. Like I know that there is a potential for a low floor, but there's a huge huge ceiling. Um, number two is definitely going to be CJ Stroud, and as everyone's pointed out, when you're on the biggest stage against you know, when you got the bright lights in your face and everyone's been talking about how you can't handle pressure and it's right at the forefront of all the news articles and you do it, that's pretty impressive. But, man, if you really do strike a deal with Chicago and you go to number one, you overshoot Houston somehow, as everyone has said, Bryce Young is the best fit for the franchise, in my opinion. Zach? Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty much the same as everybody. I'm going to go Richardson four. Um and I don't think he's honestly, if we're picking at four, he's not in the conversation. I think it's going to be one of the first three. But um, I'd go Levis three. Um, for me, just had absolutely loved what Stroud did. Um, that would That's why he kind of has the upper hand over Levis at, at number two for me. And then Bryce Young, to me, you know, we can debate everything about all of these four quarterbacks that we've pretty much talked about. The one thing about Bryce Young is we're really just debating his build, right? We're not debating his arm. We're not debating his talent. We're not debating the fact that he's a creator in the modern NFL. We're just debating his build. The other guys have maybe some other things that you could look at if you really want to dive deep and poke holes in there. But um, that that's me, man. I mean, Bryce Young, I think if you trade up, and I've said it, and this is maybe a hot take, but I've said we're trading with Chicago either way. We're either trading with them and getting Justin Fields or we're trading with them and getting Bryce Young. I mean, um, I I think it's going to happen. It just makes a lot of sense. And if ever there were a year to pull the plug, I mean, Bryce Young, he's to me, he's special. He's special. Um, Well, I mean, I will go against the grain. Uh, I don't know if anyone else expected that, but I am an Ohio State fan. I'm not using the bias here on that, but uh Richardson at four like all of you guys said he has all the traits but like Landon also said it's biggest boomer bust uh prospect in this draft Will Levis at three he's got some mechanical things he needs to work on but he does have all the traits to be a good quarterback 
for me, it's almost 1A, 1B for Bryce Young and Stroud. It just depends on which type of quarterback you want out of your style. Because I look at it and I think Bryce Young, a, an escape artist, right? Like that's his specialty is when pressure is near him, he is so shifty. He's like Lamar Jackson. He's not quite as fast as Lamar, but he escapes pressure like that. And it's weird to uh, see it like that, but that's what makes him great. But then I look at Stroud and I say, if there's a throw on the field that you need to make, Stroud is the one to do it more times than any other quarterback in this draft class. And that's why I like him more because I mean, I know a lot of people don't watch a lot of the film. I know most of you guys in here actually do watch the games and actually do watch the film. Landon, I've talked with you several times about some of the throws that Stroud makes. And some of them are just, they look simple to most simple-minded fans. But when you just sit back and actually just admire how difficult some of the throws he makes are, uh, it, it can definitely be, very, very interesting. So it's 1A, 1B for me. One way, shape, or form just depends. But uh, I think we'll end it with this one. Uh, we got one more topic here, and Cody mentioned this. Uh, the three positions of need this offseason. Well, obviously, we all know quarterback. So we'll just say that's number one. But for each of you, uh, why don't we go ahead and just give a 30-second thing. Uh, Steven, we'll start with you. 30 seconds. What other two positions do you think the Colts need to address the most in the offseason? I would say uh, I, I still think – I think corner is one. Uh, I, I like what they have. They're, they've got young talent there, but I think they're still searching for that. So I would go corner with one of them. Um, and I still think – as good as I think Quiddy Pay has been, there's it's edge. Edge for me outside of quarterback, Edge is the number one. They're still looking for that guy who, when it's time to go get the quarterback, he's going to like to steal a phrase from Zach we're talking about Bryce Young going to get a bucket. When they need a guy to go get the quarterback, they they just don't have that. They need they still need that. Uh, Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you definitely have to do something to solidify and solve this offensive line, right? Like, I don't think you can sit there and say, well, you know, these guys, you know, they went through growing pains, but we think with the right coaching staff, we can kind of correct these things. Um, do like what, what Ryman did at the end of the season. That being said, you're going to have to get somebody on the interior, in my opinion, a, a guy, a real starter. Um, and I would go back to that road grader style. You know, we look, we look so good with Glowinski and, and Chris Reed that run game and just kind of build that identity through the trenches. Like Chris Ballard had mentioned in his press conference, every single off season, we know how he feels about that. Um, and as well, I'm going to go out here and say, you could use another playmaker. We don't know what's going to happen with Paris Campbell. We don't know if they're going to resign him, but either way in the modern NFL, you need a lot of weapons, man, to move that football. Um, it's that or edge for me on, on, on the second one, but but I'll definitely go. Um, I'll definitely go with a playmaker um, with a wide receiver. Drake, what about you? Your two positions of need. So um, real brief, uh, I think number two for me would, would be right guard. I think that, you know, Will Fry showed some promise, and he's a worker. He's a guy who's built himself up. He continues to be a self-made improver, but – 
Bring in somebody to compete with the guy. Make sure that he is good because you saw what happened with the previous line situation. And I think I, I really like where Steven went. I, I I want a defensive back. I want somebody to come in, grow with the with, you know, if it is Bradley, you know, which he said he wants to stick around, you know, grow within the system and get another defensive back to stop some of those, you know, really aggressive passing attacks the AFC's developing every year. Landon, two position groups. Uh well, I mean, like we can't say quarterback, can we? Uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just want to reiterate the quarterback position uh, because I, I know Chris Ballard, you know, he, he always says, you know, it's, it's, it's not about one guy, but when it comes to the quarterback position, it, it, it very is about one guy. It, yeah. It's about your quarterback and that's how you win in the NFL. Um, but I guess if you're not talking quarterback, sorry, I'm going to, I guess that technically would be three positions. I agree with Steven. I think you need an edge. Uh, Quiddy Pay is going into his third year. We've seen some injury issues pop up. It's caused him to have a little bit of a down year, but the talent is there. I don't know if Ngakwe is going to be back at all. Dio showed some promise, but um, I think, you know, I, I still think you just need that bona fide number one, go get the quarterback guy. Um, I, that's that's the biggest need to me outside of quarterback. And then right guard, I, I think you need a guard. Um, you know, on the off chance, Ryan Kelly – possibly retires or, you know, is traded or anything like that. You know, obviously center would be a thing, but it, it's the interior of that offensive line. The tackles have played really well uh, since midseason. This has been the since week eight, I believe this has been the number 11 ranked offensive line in football. So mm-hmm. they've improved under Jeff Saturday in that one area, but I still think you need a right guard. You need to shore up that position and uh, yeah, go get somebody to protect the quarterback, go get somebody to get after the quarterback and go get the quarterback. Jason? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to reiterate what everybody else has said. Right guard, uh, they I like Fries. I think he's improved. I like what he's done. But competition, man. When Ballard came here, that's all he talked about. We need to get back to that. There's got to be competition at these positions. But number one for me, far and away, and I think we need more than one, honestly, because we only have two on the roster that I think are worth a damn, Quiddy and Dio is edge. You got to get an edge. You got to get a difference-making edge because, that I mean, you can have average corners if you have pass rush. You cannot have a crappy pass rush, you know what I mean, and, and win games consistently. You have to have pass rush. It's edge for me. Um, I like Dio on the first two downs, and you can slide him inside to the three if you want on third down when you get that that NASCAR package in or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it's edge is far and away. I mean, that's that that's the most important position to me on defense as far as game changing and and impact. And that's what we have to have. I'm not sure how we're going to get it. It might have to be for agency because I don't see it being. I mean, I don't know if we're going to do it early in this draft, obviously with the quarterback situation. So uh, that for me is is number one. Cody, uh, anything quick for you? No, I mean, I I think I agree. I think edge is definitely one for me. And then I'm going to go, I think you just need another playmaker out there um, with your rookie quarterback. Uh, I think that's got to be a, a route that you go. Um, you know, all these guys that I know partially and, and a good majority due to the quarterback play, but I just think you need another guy out there. Um, you already have your two six three six four wide receivers. I think you need another speed guy out there. Um, mm-hmm. I know one guy, um, there's a, there's a number of guys in the draft. Flowers is a guy that really interests me. Um, I know, Jason, you're big on him as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that uh, could potentially help this team, and, and you wouldn't have to give up 
a lot of capital to go get them. You can get them in the second, third, fourth round, something like that. Uh, so I think those two things, and then, you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to give a, you know, two B, I guess, or two A. Uh, I got, I think a corner is not a bad idea, especially with Gilmore in the last year of his deal and really Isaiah Rogers. And then outside of that, you know, I don't know if Kenny Moore's coming back to this team. Like there's not really a whole lot of depth, I guess, right now. And there's some question marks up in the air. So, and, and we don't know about Dallas Flowers, if he's good, if he's a good corner or not. Um, we don't know. So I think you need to address that in some shape or form. But I think before that, you need to get, you need to find your edge guys somehow. Okay. <clears throat> and then you need to find another playmaker. So, yep, that's what I would say. Sweet. Well, I think we're going to end it on that, guys. Went a few minutes over the hour mark. But again, to the almost 400 people who were in this stream on a Tuesday night, uh, thank you all again so much. Uh, and shout out again to Steven, Zach, Drake, Landon, and to Jason as well for joining us. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a while, and we're so glad that we got all of you on here to talk Indianapolis Colts football. We definitely will be staying in touch with you guys. Hopefully, we can attempt to get more of you guys on the podcast here shortly as we got a long offseason. We got a lot of things to discuss. But for Cody and myself, everyone, thank you so much. Be sure to like the stream. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of these guys. You know where to find them. We'll be sure to let some links in the chat as well. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.